Isn't that beautiful? That's when they knew how to write songs, right? Stand with me for the reading of the word. And thank you, praise team and choir. Y'all did great. Appreciate everything you did. You sounded wonderful. And if some of y'all want to hang around, you're welcome. Amen. Just letting them know they're still welcome. All right. It's Christmas time. Can you believe it? And why are we here? Well, we're not here because we want to see each other's suit or new dress. We're here because of Jesus. Here because of Jesus. And I want to talk to you today. I want to ask a question. What would it be like if Jesus had never been born? How many of you have already seen It's a Wonderful Life this year? How many of you have already watched that movie for the hundredth time? Why do we keep watching that movie? It has to, it's my favorite movie of all. How many can say it's your favorite movie? You know why? Because it lets you know that your life has meaning. What would it have been like if you had never been born? But how about this one? What if the most important person in history had never been born? What if Jesus Christ had never invaded planet Earth via Bethlehem? Where would we be? Well, we're going to look at today, if Jesus had never been born, we'd be in big trouble. But let's look at what the scripture says. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to give birth to her baby. And get this, God Almighty, wrapped in flesh, was born. She put cloth around him and laid him in a place where cattle are fed. A feeding trough is where God was born. Lonely place, dark place. That's where God chose to invade the world. Thank God he did. Father, we're just so thankful today for Jesus. We're so thankful today for that incredible gift of the only begotten Son. Lord, help us to realize it more than we ever have. And I pray for anyone who is far from you today, as I have been in my life before. Lord, draw them near and show them your love today. And I pray that today is a turning point for them. And we thank you for opening our eyes and ears to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say with me, Merry Christmas? Thank you. You can be seated. Let me talk to you about this today. If Jesus had never been born. A minister once had a dream. In the dream... It was as if Christ had never come. He drove to the church, but there was no church in his dream. He picked up his Bible, but his Bible stopped at Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. In his dream, he was standing at a freshly dug grave, and as many ministers do, he took some dirt and sprinkled it on the grave, and ordinarily, he would have said earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of the dead through Jesus Christ our Lord. But in his dream, all he could say was earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, period. That was the end of it because if Jesus had not come, there was no resurrection to promise anybody at the grave. And the question I want to ask today is if Jesus had never been born, if he had never come, if Bethlehem had never happened, 
How different would our world be? More different than you might have thought. When we think of Jesus, we tend to think of, well, there's Christmas, his birth, and then there's the resurrection, there's Easter, and there's Good Friday. But we don't tend to stop and think of the incredible impact that the teachings and the life of Jesus have made on this world. We can't escape his influence any more than we can escape oxygen today. He permeates and saturates history. Now, now pretend with me for a moment. Jesus Christ was never born. Let's pretend. Jesus Christ was never born. There is no Jesus Christ. Let's start with the obvious. If there is no Jesus Christ, you and I, we're not, we're not here today. We're not here today because Jesus Christ was never born and He's the reason we've gathered here. Now, I don't know where you would be or what you'd be doing, uh, but it wouldn't have anything to do with Christmas because there wouldn't be a Christmas because Jesus was never born. So we're not here. No Christmas lights, no decorations, no busy malls, no buying of gifts, no Christmas trees, Nothing, not one thing, not one smidgen, not one reminder, not one inkling, not one scintilla of Christmas. It's gone. We are in a vacuum without Christmas. It doesn't exist. Not a part of our culture. Not a part of America. If indeed America is even here, I don't believe it would be without Christ. Not just here in Fort Worth is there no sign of Christmas, but nowhere in the world there, there would be nothing, absolutely nothing about Christmas because Jesus Christ was not born. Businesses, they'd be in trouble. They'd have to find some other way, some other annual event uh, to save them from making up their losses for the rest of the year because there's no Christmas. And so all these businesses that don't want you to say Merry Christmas but make their living a big bunch of their money on Christmas wouldn't have it. They wouldn't be able to glean from it. You wouldn't hear the greeting, Merry Christmas, because there isn't a Merry Christmas. No Salvation Army would be posted outside Walmart and other stores ringing their bells because there'd be no Salvation Army and there'd be no Walmart because Sam Walton was a Christian. No Christmas. No message of peace, no message of reconciliation, either with God or with ourselves. There's no getting things right. We carry our guilt. There's no release for it, no absolving of it. We must walk with our mistakes because we can't go to a Savior and say, forgive me for my sins because He's not there. He never happened. And, you know, it gets worse than that. If there's no Christmas, then there's no Good Friday. Because Jesus never died on the cross and, and the sins of the world. Because He wasn't born. So our judgment, the judgment that was due us for our sin that fell on Him is still on us. And we're still lost in our sins. Because there's no forgiveness, no absolving of it, no washing it away. There's no cross. We have no message of, of forgiveness and unconditional love from God because that's what Jesus brought to us. And if there's no Christmas and, and there's no Good Friday, then wow, there's no Easter either. My favorite. No Easter. 
Jesus Christ wasn't raised from the dead on the third day because there's no Jesus Christ to be raised. He didn't come. So there's no miracle of the resurrection. So there's no hope for us when we die because He was the first fruits of many to come. Because He rose from the dead, so shall we. But if He didn't do it and He wasn't first, there is no leader, there is no resurrection. This means there's no comforting message of eternal life through the resurrection from the dead. There's just the grim specter of the grim reaper. Here he comes, sickle in hand, no stopping him. And he's got us. Because gone is the verse. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? They're gone. You live, you die, that's it. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. As the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 15, 14, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And of course, if Jesus Christ wasn't born, there'd be no such thing as the church. Church wouldn't exist. TPC wouldn't be here. Churches all over this city wouldn't be here. Where thousands of people in different buildings all over this uh, metroplex right now are hearing a word from God, being edified in the faith, receiving hope. They wouldn't be there. There'd be no churches. Right here on this land, there might be apartments, might be fast food joints. Who knows what would be here, but there wouldn't be a church. Wouldn't be you. If Jesus wasn't born in Bethlehem, you wouldn't be here today. There'd be no TPC. There'd be no celebration of Christmas. There, there wouldn't be one Christian church in the whole world. If Jesus were taken out of history right now, you would have to tear down all the churches and all the cathedrals around the world along with some of mankind's incredible architectural wonders because inspired men, inspired by Christ, built some of the greatest buildings in the history of the world. They'd be gone. They'd all be gone. And what about all the blessings that we take for granted in America? They're everywhere. They permeate American life. We just don't give credit where credit is due. I wish we'd start dancing with the one that brung us. Like, for instance, hospitals. Virtually every one of our hospitals, the ones in this city, that if something happened to you today, you would be whisked off to one of them. They would not exist without Christ. No Harris Methodist. No Baylor All Saints. No Hughley or John Peter Smith or any of the others because they were all built by Christians. Did you know that? Christians built the first hospital in Europe in A.D. 369. There were no hospitals until A.D. 369 when Christians got together and said, we've got to do what our Savior said. I was sick and you visited me. And inasmuch as you've done it to the least of one of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And... Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And his parable of the Good Samaritan and reaching out and helping. Oh, if we could see the difference that the teachings and the impact of Christ had on our world, what it was like prior to Jesus Christ. It was cruel. It was dark. It was desperate. It was mean. It was cold. People were taken out with no thought for life whatsoever entertainment was to put people in coliseums and watch them be torn to pieces by wild beasts that was a great that was like their dallas cowboy game when a mother didn't want her child she just took it outside 
and left it in the cold all night long for the wild animals. They had no sense of the sacredness of life until Christ came. And Christ gave us the sacredness of life, the value of life. He raised our understanding of the value of people because He let us know that we were created in the image of God. The first hospital amazes me. It came complete with doctors and nurses and workshops and industrial schools. They got you healed and then they taught you a trade. And it was started by Christians. And from there, the phenomenon and the blessing of hospitals spread throughout the entire world. And they came from Christians following the teachings of Christ. And of course, there would be no Bible, my favorite book. This book would not be here you know why? Because it's all about Jesus from beginning to end. The Old Testament tells us He's coming. The New Testament tells us He has come and He's going to come again. This Bible from Genesis to Revelation is all about Jesus. So if there is no Jesus, there is no Bible. The greatest book of light and hope and faith in the entire world, this book changes lives. This book would not be here. It was written so that we would understand Christ. So that we would understand Jesus. So that we would see the plan of salvation starting with Abraham all the way down to the appearance of Jesus being born as that baby in Bethlehem. Oh, thou Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth whose goings have been from of old, even of everlasting to everlasting. Micah prophesied that an eternal personality would invade earth via Bethlehem whose goings have been as far back as you can go and as far ahead as you can go an eternal personage would be born no Bible imagine no Christmas story of the shepherds watching their flocks by night no Matthew, Mark, no Luke, no John no Paul, no Simon Peter if Jesus Christ had never been born we would not have the prince of verses. God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The prince of passages says it all in one verse. We wouldn't have it because it's all about Jesus. And what good news that verse brings. And I don't know where you are today or those listening by radio or watching by video are, but I want to tell you God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Our world would be bleak indeed if Jesus had never been born. Napoleon, who left a little mark on history, once said, I search in vain in history to find one similar to Jesus Christ or anything which can approach the gospel. No one in history can touch even close the impact of Jesus Christ. Millions know of him and more millions actually know him personally. In fact, today it's estimated that more than 1.8 billion people profess to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. He has changed our world, changed our culture, impacted our planet. He was like a mighty nuclear, spiritual nuclear bomb dropped into history that was good. 
Philip Brooks, and I, 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 you've heard this, but I've got to say it again. He said it so well about Jesus Christ. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life, the life of Jesus Christ. No one. Jesus changed our calendar. Everybody on this planet dates everything B.C. before Christ and A.D. Anno Domini, meaning the year of our Lord. And don't give me the B.C.E. stuff. That's an attempt to take Jesus out of history. I will never write and I will never say B.C.E. except to preach against it. It is not before the common era. It's before Christ. There's before Christ and after Christ, and that's the history of the world. <laughs> Someone said that Jesus has turned aside the river of ages out of its course and lifted the centuries off their hinges. He did, and he does, and he will. Think of it. Even the most sincere atheist acknowledges Christ whenever he or she dates a check. can't get away from him he's above you he's below you he's beside you he's around you if you make your bed in hell he will find you if you go up into heaven he will find you if you run to the farthest parts of the earth to hide from him when you arrive he's already there waiting for you you cannot get away from him he is the lord god almighty yes Like it or not, our life is enriched by Him in every single way. Those of you in the West who want to kick God out of the schools, who want to kick nativity scenes off the public square, go ahead and do everything you think you can possibly do. You cannot put Him down. You cannot hide Him away. You cannot shut Him up. You cannot muzzle His truth. He will overwhelm and He will overcome. And He does love you anyway. And, and what about his influence on all the things we enjoy like art? I love art, good art, not this crazy art that you look at it and it looks like they just took a squirt gun and shot a canvas with it. Real art. If Jesus had never been born, the majority of the great works of art of the ages would be completely lost. It was the genius masters of painting that were inspired by Christ. There would be no Last Supper by da Vinci, no Madonna, not that one, the painting. In our day and age, I need to specify. No Rembrandt. Because Jesus Christ brought to art its loftiest themes. These incredible masters, these geniuses were inspired by Jesus. By what He taught. By who He was. Dr. David Taylor Forsyth said this, the idea that God spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all has inspired the highest flights that pictorial art has reached. Artists transcended the normal, transcended the natural, transcended what they would normally have painted about and drawn about and written about and spoken about because of being inspired by the transcendent Christ. And if you love music, and I think most of us do here today, you owe a debt 
to the appearance of Jesus Christ. The most beautiful music that's ever been written, sung by a voice, or played by an instrument, would be obliterated without Jesus. If Jesus had not been there, there would be no Handel's Messiah. We would not have the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, who dedicated every note he wrote to God's glory. Music historians tell us that Bach changed the direction of Western music for all time, but this would not have happened without the inspiration of Jesus, to whose glory he wrote. And if you like to read like me, I love to read. I love literature of all kinds. I read all the time. I'd be at a loss without books. Think of the poverty of literature that we would be experiencing were it not for the appearance of Jesus Christ. We'd have no New Testament. We'd have a total lack of many of the books and the poems that have moved us and touched us and changed us and inspired us because of the life of Jesus. We'd have no Christmas story, no Scrooge, no Tiny Tim. We would not have It's a Wonderful Life. But for the inspiring personality, the overwhelming personality of Jesus Christ. One woman wrote, more poems have been written, more stories told, more pictures painted, more songs sung about Christ than any other person in human history. Easy. And think about the impact of Jesus Christ on humanitarian aid. Helping people. Helping people. In his parable of the Good Samaritan, along with his other teachings of caring for the sick, reaching out to the needy. Many different organizations and ministries have been launched. Let me give you a few. The Red Cross, started in 1864 by a small group of Christian-minded men with a burden for those who were fighting in wars. They put together the Red Cross, a sign of hope, a universal sign of hope. The Red Cross... The YMCA and the YWCA both launched in the 1800s by committed Christians with a burden for teenagers. The United Way was started in 1887 by followers of Christ. The Salvation Army launched in 1865 by General William Booth, a devout Christian who said, give me all of my workers and let me place them in hell for 60 seconds, and I will change the world. Later came World Vision, Samaritan's Purse, and Compassion International, all launched by followers of Christ. Without the influence of Christ, these organizations that have touched millions of people would not exist. Florence Nightingale, the best-known nurse in the history of the planet, went to every war-torn area she could find in the name of Christ. She brought nursing to a whole different level and gave it esteem and honor and respect. And she wrote in one of her biographies, a biographical sketch about her, she wrote that how many times she, she sent letters to the parents of servicemen and said to them, your son died holding my hand. And I held his hand in the name of Christ. Jesus coming to people with skin on them. Jesus coming to people like you and me and leading us out there to touch others. That's what He brought. There's no getting away from Him. If Jesus has not been born, it's hard to imagine what even modern medicine would be like because much of the 
Many of the cures that modern medicine came up with were motivated by Christians who had compassion on the sick and the suffering and the diseased. And what about education? Education was taken way up because of Jesus. The greatest universities worldwide were founded by Christians for Christian purposes who had burden for missions. Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, all started by Christians who wanted to take the gospel to the world. You say, well, look at them now. Well, I know what's happened now, but they were started by believers who raised the educational level. And you may not realize this, but most of the world's languages were first put to writing by Christian missionaries so that they could introduce the Bible to those they were reaching in their own language. It happened because of Christian compassion, Christian outreach, because of the influence of Jesus Christ on this world. Johann Gutenberg, who created the moving printing press, the movable printing press, created it so that they could produce Bibles in mass so the people could read them. And that original printing press was put right in the former house of the atheist Voltaire. I love that. God has a sense of humor. And what about Jesus' impact on civil rights? Let me tell you, ladies, you don't owe your liberty to feminism. You owe your liberty to Jesus Christ. If you want to know the truth, Jesus Christ raised the level of women more than anyone in history. He raised the respect of women. He took them out of second-class citizenry into equality with the man in the sense of value. Because of Jesus, women are no longer property to be bought and sold, which they were in Greece, and they were in Rome, and they were in the world before Christ, and they are even now under other religions like Islam. Great Christians like William Wilberforce and Charles Finney and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. dedicated their lives to providing equality and equal rights to all people regardless of the color of their skin based on the teachings of Jesus Christ and the Bible that says we're all equal at the foot of the cross, black, white, yellow, red, rich, poor, it doesn't matter, male, female, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. We could go on listing Jesus' impact. I mean, I could spend days on it. Science, government, economics, basic morality. Because it's so easy to prove the point that the day that Jesus was born was the most important day that has ever been or ever will be. The most important. But listen carefully. What I really want to tell you today is what's most important. The most important thing about the Christmas story is this. The individual life. You. The individual life. How many millions of people alive today can testify to having lived in shameful sin, desperate darkness, dire circumstances, and hopeless prospects? And then Jesus came into their life. Jesus came into their life. And they found new life and fresh strength and deliverance from bondage and a bright future and forgiveness for the blackest sins and a new light lease on life because of Jesus. Here's the most important thing. Watch this. A world without Him, dark, dreary, 
cruel. If Jesus had not come, we would no doubt be under some tyrannical, dictatorial regime right now. Living lives of slavery, shorter lives, briefer lives, more hopeless lives. It would be dark, dreary, hopeless, full of despair. That's what the world was like before him. And listen, that's what the heart is like before him. Watch this. The angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a child. It's going to be the Messiah, the Son of God. She said, how can this be? He said, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And that holy thing conceived in you is going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus had an earthly mother, a heavenly father. Now watch this. There was a miracle conception inside of Mary because one day the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And this little teenage Jewish girl, according to the Bible, this book right here, this is the story, the account of the Bible. This little teenage girl experienced a visitation from God. There was a supernatural conception in her womb. God touched her, and she conceived a child got great with child, gave birth to a child. That child was called the begotten Son of God because earthly mother, heavenly father. He didn't carry Adam's stain, Adam's taint, Adam's nature. He had his father's nature, born of his mother, of the seed of Abraham, his father, God. Supernatural conception. Here's what happens when you and I come to Christ. Inside of us, there's a supernatural conception. It says, you were born again, not by corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, you were born again. By the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, you were born again. So I'm not up here talking about rehabilitation or a New Year's resolution. I'm not talking about making a new list of rules and regulations and becoming a better boy or a better girl. I'm not talking about self-effort at all. I'm talking about Christmas is all about Jesus being born in you and me. Just like he was born in Bethlehem at that feeding trough, just like he was conceived in Mary's womb supernaturally, that's what happens when you're saved. See, I'm sitting in jail. I was in jail when I was 16 years old. I'd never heard about him. I didn't know about him. But I heard the gospel. I heard God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son and so on and so forth. I heard it. And that was the seed of the Word of God. And I said, Lord, I believe it. And when I did, the Holy Spirit came into me, touched me, changed me, gave me a brand new nature, and that holy thing that was conceived in me was the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus came to give us a brand new nature, a brand new life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. All is become new. Christmas is all about not just celebrating something back there, the birth of Jesus, which was incredible, changed the world, but it's also, has he been born in me? Has he been born in me? Because you see, when he is, you don't have to try to change. He changes you. He changes you. It's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion says, here's what you got to do. Here's the list. 
Christianity says, here's what you got to do. Turn to him. Look up and say, Lord, by faith I receive you into my heart. And, and that's when it happens. The angel said unto you, was born that day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I like what somebody wrote. They said, though Christ a thousand times in Bethlehem be born, if he's not born in thee, thy soul is still forlorn. I'm not here to preach a religion. All that Christmas has meant down through the ages adds up to the sum total of zero as far as you are concerned unless He's born in you today. The purpose of Jesus' coming was not just to make this world a better place, but to make your life better. Your life, you, in your struggles and your pain and your losses and your heartaches and your disappointments. You. He knows you. Your name. Where you live, what you're going through, how you're hurting on the inside. He knows. And He wants to give you a relationship with God. Has He been born in you? Has He been born in you? So unless through faith Jesus Christ becomes a part of your individual life, all the good He's done leaves you on the wrong side of the story. Now, I'm going to ask us to stand together today, could we? And I'm going to ask there to be as little movement as possible. Please don't leave yet, because right now it's very important for many people. I'm going to challenge you to do something. I'm going to challenge you. If you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, it's so easy, by faith. You just look up. You say, Lord, by faith. I believe you died for me. I believe you were born in that feeding trough. You invaded this planet to die for my sins and to rise again from the dead. You did it for me. And I want to access that. And I want to ask you to forgive me and come into my heart. Many did it in the first service. Or maybe you've known the Lord and gotten away from Him and you've drifted. Can I challenge you to do something? Don't drive away from this building without making it right with God. Why would you go get in your car and drive away when you may never have another chance like this? Well, I'll just come back to church sometime. You may not. You may not. I'm not trying to play on your emotions, but I'm really not. I don't do that. But I'm going to tell you, just a couple of weeks ago, I presided over the funeral of a man right here who had said to me before he died, my dream is to make it to church one more time. And he never did. You may never have another chance like this. Why would you drive away and go back home without the Lord of glory birth in your heart? I want to challenge you to do it today. Sir, ma'am. I'm going to challenge you to make it right. What greater gift could you leave with than the peace of God? Can we bow for a moment? You can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in one of those two categories. I don't know that I've known him. And I want that miracle birth happening in me. Or, Pastor Jeff, I've known him, but I've drifted, and you're saying these things are nothing but a confirmation to what the Lord's already been saying to me.
He's already been whispering to me, it's time to come back. It's time to surrender 100%. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you to forget about everybody in here. This is between you and him. I want you to come to him. Take advantage of this. You can say, Pastor Jeff, I'm in one of those two categories. I want you to put your hand up quickly. Just put it up high. I see you. High. Don't be ashamed of him. Listen, he went up Golgotha's hill for you, naked and bleeding. Put your hand up high. God bless you, many of you. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to put feet to your faith. I want you right now to slip out from where you are and come and stand in front of me right here. Don't worry about what people think. Who cares what people think? As soon as you take a step, that's a step of faith. And God's going to give you his peace. You're going to experience him before you even get down here. I want you to come now. Come and give your heart to him quickly. Begin to move from everywhere, from all over this sanctuary. Come now and let the Lord touch your life today. Young people, older folks, it doesn't matter. It's never too late until your heart stops. Then it's too late. But right now you can do it. I'm asking you to come now. Let's sing and just give them a couple of minutes and then we're going to pray. Jesus. Thank you, Lord.